Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special podcast show. Tonight, my guest is Millie McConnell. She's a lady from Abbotsford in BC, Canada. And she's an exceptionally rare individual because back in 2001, she was diagnosed with one of the rarest stomach cancers around. It's called signet ring or juvenile cancer of the stomach, where there's very few cases of this in the entire world. So, Millie, thank you so much for coming on for tonight because we're going to be talking about the power of the mind and the power of mindfulness and how to not only beat pain, which is our subject matter of the podcast show, but also how to beat cancer. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So Millie, it was a long time ago that you were diagnosed this awful terminal cancer. Can you just give us a little bit of insight to what happened at that time in your life? My husband and I were separated at the time. We were going through a lot of emotional things and the stress level was exceedingly high. And I had originally been diagnosed with irritable bowel, which coincidentally turned out to be very similar symptoms to stomach cancer. So I had two years of living with irritable bowel, which turned out to become a lot worse. And the final stage of it was losing five pounds a month. And the pain went from a one to two out of a 10. It was like one or two went up to a 10. And then it graduated to like 110. So when I was losing the five pounds a month and that kind of intense pain, I went to my family doctor and I ordered to get an endoscopy. I wouldn't leave his office until it was booked. And that's ultimately what saved my life. Okay, well, that's a good lesson there. You know, we should always follow up with our symptoms with our physicians and get these investigations, even though, you know, 99 times out of 100, they will be normal. But in your case, it wasn't. It was a rare stomach cancer. So you were diagnosed, and then what, how was the treatment? How did that go for the next months, etc.? Everything moved lickety-split really quick because of it being 3B. It had hit nine out of 12 lymph nodes, and one lymph node was a centimeter and a half in size. That's where he pushed it immediately to see the surgeon, and uh, I was in really quick. So I was diagnosed November 15th, and I was in the hospital the first week in December. When they originally were going in to do the surgery, it was to take the top portion of my stomach because there was an ulcer. and the signet ring was in the ulcer. But when the surgeon opened me up, it had already gone through the entire stomach and the lymph nodes. 
So that's where he made the split decision to take the entire stomach. And being a brand new surgeon, he made the pouch from my intestine. And I think I was the first one that he did. Wow. So the pouch was made to like a, a second stomach, a new stomach from your natural intestine. And then you went on to get treatment, probably chemotherapy, radiotherapy, as that was part of the, the stage of cancer treatment. Yes, they did that after the surgery. A lot of them that I mentor online are saying they're getting the treatments before surgery, but I had mine after. Yeah, this was back in about 2001, is that right? Chemo and radiation started um, February 5th, my birthday, 2002. (laughs) And then what was the prognosis, the outcome given to you at that moment? When I met with the family doctor, He told me it didn't look good. He actually got emotional. And I said, whatever it is, we'll deal with it. I said, I have faith we're going to beat this. And then when I met with the oncologist, the oncologist is the one that said, put your affairs in order. You're lucky if you'll have three months because of this type of cancer was extremely aggressive. Okay, so a few months to live. And now here you are all these years later, 18 years or so. And what are you doing now? You've survived. It's been an amazing turnaround. We're going to dive into like the mindset of you, because I think for our audience tonight, this is really the, the key issue. But before we do that, what are you up to around the world with this testimony of success and basically the mindset of healing and surviving? I mentor people all over the world online in various different gastric cancer symposiums groups. I'm involved in a couple of different organizations. My gut feeling out of Toronto, St. Michael's Hospital, two friends of mine started that group up. Debbie's Dream Foundation, based out of Florida. No Stomach for Cancer is also in the States. And various other big ones that I'm online on Facebook with. So what I do is I share my experience with those going through what I went through. And when they're faced with the fear, like I was faced with, They come online and they're absolutely broken. And I work on them from the mind because I want them to feel that release of fear. Let the fear go. Mm. So my word to them is you ask yourself a question. Is there anything you can do about it? They type back, no. I say, then let it go. Go with it. And then I teach them the deep breathing, the mindfulness, get them to look at more positive things in their life. When they find themselves having those horrible thoughts we all have over facing our mortality with cancer, turn it around. You're still alive. What are you going to do about it? What's the quality of life? Plus the weight is the big issue. I help them with their weight because I've shared pictures of myself I went down to 80, 90 pounds for the first seven years. And today I'm a whopping 143.9 pounds. (laughs) I just posted that the other day. And uh, a whole bunch of them came through and said, thank you for that. It gives me hope. That's my job, giving hope to others going through this horrible journey. And, you know, I'm sure for our audience, many can relate to this hopelessness of their chronic pain. I've met patients with 50 years of pain walking into my office. And yet in a few weeks through several techniques, they can be pain-free and 
there's different ways to get there. And not everybody can, we know that, but there's many people can really turn the ship of their life, the direction of their life, but they've got to do it themselves. They've got to take responsibility. So you mentioned letting it go. Now, what do you think happens inside of our mind when we say, right, I can't change this. I'm going to let it go. When I was first diagnosed and I was told to put my affairs in order, I had my moment where I was crying like everybody. And I swear it must have been a matter of a couple of minutes when I finally realized, you know what? It's all out of my hands. There's nothing I can do about it. So whatever time I have left, I'm going to make the most of it. And maybe they will learn something from me to help somebody else. When my brain heard me physically voice those words, the weight came off my shoulders, huge. And while I was going through treatments, I was cracking jokes with the radiologists, the oncologists, the nurses giving me the chemo, with patients. And at one point, the radiologist had his machine all set up for me. And I'm cracking a joke. And he came from behind the Iron Curtain, what I call the Iron Curtain. He was well up in his years. And he said, how do you do it? And I said, do what? And he said, you're the only one out of all the 50 some odd years I've been doing this that has this whole outlook. How do you do it? And I said, what's the alternative? So he kissed my cheek and we proceeded with the radiation. And that's, that was me through the whole experience. So that's what I try to push on to others that are traveling this road is you set your mind to it. And as you're going through the pain and as you're going through the nausea, as you're going through all the, the horrible weight loss, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you don't even recognize yourself, go back into your mind and keep saying, this is only temporary. It's not permanent. It's just temporary. And it's really, really helped a lot of people. I've gotten beautiful feedbacks. And that's something that our whole audience with pain can take away because they too can have a temporary experience with their pain. And if a physical cancer that's riddled in your body to the stage where your stomach's got a hole in it and it's spread out into your body, into the lymph nodes, and you can change that around with your mindset, then pain can certainly follow the same path. So, you know, that's, that's the big take home, I think, for our audience today. Let it go and move on to the next moment and use laughter. I love that, you know, laughter is the best medicine. It's a proverb. And it's so true. I have another patient who, that she does the same thing, had breast cancer, laughed her way to health and recovery with treatments. And, you know, it's very interesting you're sharing this story tonight. Let's move on to the mindfulness because, you know, it's a long trip. You said, what about the nausea? What about those moments? I'm sure you've had lots of pain. You, I know you have pain as well with this condition. But what is this mindfulness thing? Like, how do you deal with that? When I was going through treatments at the Surrey Memorial Hospital, they had people coming in that were volunteering, teaching us mindfulness. It was for the cancer patients and our support people. And it was wonderful. They had the touch healing as well. But the mindfulness was a challenge for me because I couldn't shut my brain off. But they gave me techniques. I went through a couple of other classes through uh, Langley Hospital about mindfulness as well. And you start with your toes. You concentrate on your toes. How do they feel? So when I'm going through my pain, 
And if it's not subsiding quick enough, that's what I will do. And I do my breathing where it goes right from the diaphragm right up. And I concentrate. I start from my toes and I work my way up. And when I get to the brain, I tell my brain, this is all temporary. It's going to pass. We're going to be okay. And I breathe as I'm going through this and it helps huge release. Excellent. So you're using your breath, you're using your physical sensations of the different body areas and you're just focused. That's what you're mindful of. You're mindful of the body areas as you're breathing. And then when you get to the brain, you literally say into yourself, you know, this is temporary. This is I say it out loud. You say it out loud too. Wonderful. They taught us. They said you have to physically say it out loud, then your brain will register it. So I say it out loud. I say it right out loud. This is just temporary. This is going to pass. Not a problem. Excellent. Oh, it's powerful. Yeah. Okay. And then say you're going through your day and you get those horrible thoughts. Say you, you can't sit down and meditate. Say you're in the car or you've just arrived at a destination. You're going shopping or something and you just... What do you do in that situation with these horrible thoughts that keep coming? Play my favorite music. Play with my dog, who's my therapy. Watch a funny movie. I pull out one of my uh, DVDs or something and watch a really funny movie. I play puzzles. I do online games, role-playing games. I'm in the Fable series right now on Xbox. My oldest son got me involved in that. And it's a role playing and it gets your mind completely off everything and you become a whole different character in the game. That's been absolutely amazing therapy. He did a good job doing that for me. But normally music or go for a walk, touch with nature is a big one. I love that. Yeah, so you get your mind off, off of the problem, yes. off of the pain, off of the suffering, yeah. onto something else. Right away. Then, you know, it's amazing you're saying all this because I spend every day in clinic talking to patients about pain. And I share the line from David Hanscom, who's got the website backincontrol.com. Basically, in essence, is this. You move your focus away from pain or reducing pain to one of enjoyment. And you need to get into play. You need to get into fun. You need to do those activities like you're mentioning. And when we do, we're literally remembering the brain circuits from childhood because most of us played as a child. And most of us know what that is, but we've forgotten because it's been decades and we've got lost in the world of an adult. But when we go back to there, it's almost though we ignite the old pathways of play. And the more you focus on it, it's like pain doesn't have a chance. You just pick your favorite color and you go there and you don't look at the color you don't like. Or you change your language and it's a different language, a different culture. And when we live this life, then we heal. Because your brain just follows where the mind goes at the end of the day. And the more we can be in charge, the more we see the results coming step by step, and one at, one at a time. The other thing I did, I read that book, Super Brain by Deepak Chopra, and I inhaled that book. I literally went step by step by step through that entire book. So when it talks about rewiring the brain and everything, I 100% related to that. That was the best book I ever read. My husband bought it for me, actually. Wonderful. I've got that book. I actually have started reading it. So thanks for bringing that up. I know it's a wonderful resource for the neuroplasticity of the brain and how we can rewire it literally 
to see reductions in our pain and experiences. And as your testimony shows, not just pain, but cancer. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Brain is amazing. Yeah. That was my biggest lesson from going through cancer was actually becoming one and one with my brain and how amazing it is and how much of an absolute miracle your brain is. Your brain can self-heal. Yeah. Let's call it the miracle organ. Yes, that's a good name for it. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, listen, this time is rolling here. Is there any final comments you would like to share with the audience before we go? I have a personal quote. Keep believing in miracles, for they do happen. And I'm living proof. And I share that with people all over the world. There you go. So everybody listen, take that quote to heart if you can. And um, meditate on it, spend time on it, reflect on it, make it your own version and move forward towards your own healing journey. So listen, thank you so much, Millie. It's been amazing to have you on tonight. It was great meeting you several weeks ago now, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Awesome. Thanks for now. Bye. Bye.